Right, so we're live. We've got Kyle. Mate, how do you pronounce your last name? Mangan. 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 So we've got Kyle Mangan uh, from Personal Trains Out of Jets Fitness in Skipton. Um, doing some really good stuff. I came across Kyle when I joined up to Jets Fitness probably about, what, probably touching six months ago. And automatically... Um, just the stuff that he was doing resonated with me and it was really easy to get on with. Um, and just from going to the gym and just having general conversations, I've started this podcast, Life of a PT, and um, I want some good people on it. And just just generally just having a decent conversation with him, um, I thought it would be a real good candidate to, um, to question, really. So... Kyle, um, mate, thanks for coming on to this and doing this. Um, it's a pleasure, and hopefully we can give some value out to the people that are listening. No problem. No worries, mate. So let's take it right back to the beginning. Um, and, I, and the first question is for you, Kyle, is, mate, go as deep as you want with this, but where did it all begin? You know, where did it all begin? And I'm talking about, let's look at back teenage years. You know, what's, what does fitness look like to you? Where did it all begin for you? Why are you in this position? You know, how are you, Kyle, now? Mm. Uh, it began it began for me when I started playing rugby at 11-year-old. I uh, played for Geyser Rangers, which was a team up in Leeds, uh, and it was my father that got me into it. Um, and I played for seven years. I I had a scholarship with Bradford Bulls at one point in my life, ran around about 15, 16 uh, and I were very, very de uh, dedicated to rugby, like 100% tunnel vision. Didn't care about any of my school uh, work or really any part, you know, like I just wanted to be uh, a professional rugby player. Um, and that 11-year-old uh, started for me. So rugby training um, was the first initial um, point of training and fitness and dedication for me uh, at a very young age. So, yeah. Hey, so tell me a little bit about that's a good, good conversation to sort of start off with because um, I see a lot of, and we had this conversation the other day, people ask you, have you been in the military? And um, I see a lot of discipline and traits coming from sort of like that military rugby background, um, which sort of like answers a lot of my questions in regards to the way that you operate inside of the gym because obviously I see a lot of professionalism. I'm looking at you as a personal trainer, me being one for over the past 10 years, I just see a lot of good stuff. I mean... Mate, what what happened with rugby? Why didn't you make it? And why uh, are you a personal trainer now instead? Yeah, yeah. So that that is it basically. So I excuse me. Yeah, so basically what happened was I was training up to the point of around about 17, 18 year old. Um and I got into the Yorkshire um squad. And what happened from there, the next step up would have actually been England. And I hit, I hit a tackle bag. I hit a tackle bag. Um, this lad would try to rough me up. And instead of trying to respond with a, a technical tackle, I lost my rag and I hit this tackle bag. Uh, and I ended up injuring myself. I injured my back on the first day of being there. Bearing in mind, I'd played um, two rugby games on a weekend, Saturday, Sunday. And I was training four and a half, maybe five times a day to get to this camp, to get to this. This were like, for me, the ultimate step towards becoming... Um, uh, getting a, a professional signing and when that happened to me it literally just shattered my dreams I remember laying there in camp 
knowing that I was not going to be able to return to that camp because of the injury that I, I got. Um, <clears throat> and then it went downhill from there, really. I was so dedicated to that. And then when I picked that injury up, um, I, I was still at Bradford Bulls as a scholarship, but my performance went down. Mentally, I just wasn't with it anymore. Um, and I lost purpose, 100%. I lost my purpose as a human being, as a young man. I did not know where I was going. I didn't take any sort of, um, what's the word? I didn't I didn't care about any GCSEs or any traits. Didn't do any university. I just wanted to be a rugby player, a rugby league player, a professional rugby league player so bad. Um, and I got that injury. And then from there, mate, I just went from job to job, um, handing CVs to places without no real intention or vision or why I were doing it. I was just doing it for money, just, just to try and scrape by on job seekers allowance. And you got to think when you're so dedicated to something and you know the end goal and when you don't get there and then you end up at places like um, McDonald's and uh, factories and building sites, these places that are just full of people who have, have nothing against but don't really have a vision themselves. And I, I, not all of them, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anyone in the factory who haven't got a vision or like that, but I just felt like I was in a place that wasn't uh, productive or wasn't going anywhere it was a dead-end job you was limited to the amount of money you were getting you was limited to potentials of where you could go and I cringe like at men or women who've been in a job of this role that I just hated who've been there 30 years and the thought of doing that made me very very depressed very low like I just could not see myself being there for years and years so that that's basically it coming into a personal trainer um so I remember having a photo of myself in a, in a nightclub and I thought I looked the fucking, I, excuse me, I thought I looked the dog's ball. I thought I looked amazing. I had a shirt on, it right tight. I thought it looked right good. And then I saw a photo of myself and I had a beer belly. I was skinny and I just looked like shit, mate. I, honestly, like when I look back, I cringe at that photo. And I looked and I thought, why have you stopped training? Like the injury wasn't life-sustaining. It just put me out for a set amount of time. Does that make sense? So this this injury that I got over the time wasn't a life-changing injury. It would just took a little bit of time to recover and I let it slip. So, um, yeah, I looked at that photo and it was like, I'm training again. And then I, ever since then, I was hit and missing my training for about six months. I had no real uh, vision or goal. I just want, my conscious were always nagging away at me to do it. Yeah. And then when I got into the swing of it, it brought back all the memories of, of rugby and stuff like that. And, I was still was I was actually working at McDonald's at one point. I mean, one of my good mates were a personal trainer, and I saw what he was doing, and I instantly fell in love with it. I was like, I can make that into a career. Yeah. We're helping people and sharing my experience. And yeah, two three years on from that, I am now PT and coaching people out of Jets in Skipton. Man, that's good. It's good. Um, it's a good journey, and it's very relatable um, because. I was sort of similar with the military. Um, I, I just, I didn't get on with school. I just wanted to join the military. I mean, it wasn't a sport-related thing, but it was just a case of like, look, I'm going to into the military. I'm not listening to anyone, what anyone else is, says. I don't need GCSEs to get in there. And essentially just went with the flow and very, very similar. But, you know, it, it, I love the fact that like, you sort of got hold of um, the, the aspiration of looking at your life in 30 years and thinking, I don't want to be sat there in that factory. I don't want to do that. And, you know, and, and it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, 
you sort of don't want to offend people at the same time, but that's where society is going. You know, it's like you can't offend anyone from saying certain things, but just think about like the human, what humans are capable of and the progressiveness of like the, you can just do whatever you want to do. Like you can do whatever you're capable of doing as long as you go and do it. Okay, it's going to be difficult, but like at least you've tried to do it. You know what I mean? And like you just saw that pattern. So that's amazing to see. So mate, I just want to know, Personal training-wise, obviously you're here now, two to three years later, you've been working in Jets. Where did you first start as your personal trainer? Where did you get your qualification and how did you how did you get your first client inside of Jets? That is, so that's a good question. I actually um, searched online for a course um, and we're level two and level three, which I do have a bit of an issue with, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I, I think my- that, yeah. I took, I took my level two out. I took my level two out and predominantly was online. Um, and we did a lot of stuff that are very, very irrelevant to what I have learned now. Uh, so I did my level two. Bearing in mind, I'll tell you how I got my first client and it all ties in with actually getting qualified. So I was doing my level two and I was actually working at McDonald's and I was doing like these eight, shower, uh, eight hour shifts, these crazy shifts, like three morning to like 11 and 10 at night, like, just just like out of hours and stuff. And I was doing that and I'd see people walking in from my school because I was doing it in the town that I were, where I uh, went to school. I was working in McDonald's in the same um, place where I went to school. So I was seeing people coming in. And I was embarrassed, man. I was trying to hide away back in the kitchen. I didn't want to be seen with a uniform on. I didn't want to be seen with like, and this isn't going against anyone who's trying to put the grind in at Mackey's and they're trying to earn. But I just, for me, I didn't feel right. And I was only there for the money. Um, yeah. So I was doing my level two when I was studying um, every day and every night trying to get that qualification so I could get the fuck out of that place, right? And there were a, a, a beast guy called, um, I can't remember his name now. Is it Sam? Not Sam. Um, Jake. I think it was Jake. I can't remember his name now. I've got him. Anyway, I seen him walking for his first interview and this, this lad were heavily obese and I looked at him and I thought, I can, with the knowledge that I've learned now in my level two, help this guy towards getting, because all he was doing was getting on his break the first week and just eating shit food, and he yeah. was already heavily overweight. So I just approached him and said, do you want to join the gym with me and I'll help you get in shape whilst I'm learning to be a personal trainer? I won't t- charge you any money for it. You know what I mean? I'm not qualified yet, but I want to actually help you, okay? And we can help you drop some weight. And then it went from, I think, 25 stone to 18 stone. And I got them my first ever picture before I even qualified, but I did it all for free just to help him out and get some experience behind my belt. So yeah. I did my level two there. And this is a funny thing. I did my level two, I did my practical out in Leeds and then I came back, did my level three. And then the day that I got my level three qualification, I had no forward plan. I left McDonald's on a eight hour shift, two hours in. I said, excuse me, can I go home? Cause I, I, I need to go home. Um, I'm not, I'm not feeling well with the intention that we're never going to go back in them doors and be an employee ever again. I walked out <clears throat> with not knowing what gym I was going to join, not knowing where we're going to go. I just knew that I wasn't going to do that be in that industry anymore. I'm going to be in the fit, in, uh, fitness industry. Um, so that qualification came through. <clears throat> I managed to get some photos of this lad's weight loss uh, journey. And then he gave me a, a testimonial. So then I handed my CV into Jets and then literally I took it from there. It's amazing. All, all stem, it all stems from one transformation, right? You know what I mean? Like it all comes from one transformation and, you know, I think that a lot of lessons are learned from any personal trainers that are watching. 
uh, you know, it, you think about how much free help you've, I mean, not just free, like I know there's a value in the giving something away for free, but then obviously, you know, charging what you're worth. But essentially, obviously you weren't qualified. You were willing oh. to commit in terms of helping someone so much because you've seen this person so overweight, you could drastically change his life. Now that's obviously spiraled you into essentially what, you know, working at Jets, the longevity of the past three years. And I mean, we're going to touch in regards to how that's been. Um, but that's got your feet in through the door, you know. Think about as a personal trainer who doesn't have, you're not willing to go and give someone that help to try and trigger, you know, the career. Um, I mean, I never knew you worked at Mackey's. That's, uh, yeah. that's an interesting it's not, one. It's, it's not something, I, you know what I mean, I go around telling a lot of people because... <laughs> From being from from aiming to achieve up here, which I don't want to sound like full of myself, but I had such high expectations of where I would go, even as a young lad, yeah. and then to end, end up where people take the take the piss out of it and oh you're yeah, yeah. I mean I wrote building sites and people used to turn around and say oh you'll be working at McDonald's you when teachers say oh you'll be working at McDonald's and I thought no I'm, no I'm not yeah, no, yeah. no and any PT listening to this, you've got you've got to be willing to give away stuff for free, generosity, and and if you can give away even a little bit of your time for free and get your first transformation, even whether it's a cheap price or give away for free, that will then put your uh, foot in the door and open up a whole world of opportunities. If someone says something good about your service, they're, they're going to be going around telling their friends and family. So I, think, is- I think I I totally agree, and I think just even you know, just even general conversation inside of the gym floor, you know, I see a lot of mistakes being made and I see you talking to a lot of people, even though you don't have to, you know, just before you're going home, I can see that your intention is to open up dialogue and conversation with individuals. And I just think like, if you can't give away just some of your energy in terms of just a conversation, then what hope have you got to even get any clients? You know what I'm saying? Do you agree? Would you agree on that? Well, this business and industry is open off conversation and connection with people. How are you going to actually PT someone, another human being, without getting to know them or getting to know who they are as a person in general? Yeah, You've got yeah. to be. Able to, it's a service-based business. It's it's an industry that you have to be able to connect with people to earn a living and get a result. You've got to be able to connect with people. So if you're not willing to walk around the gym, or if you, you you're nervous and scared, which is nothing wrong with that, because I know what it's like it's very daunting when you first start talking to random people. You don't have to go up and try and show them the best exercise. All it can uh, start off with is a simple hello, a hello, a smile, get to know a little bit about them, and you are more likely to have a chance of turning them into a client than putting your head down and ignoring them. Mate, so that's so so let's let's talk about that, like, the level two, level three, level two personal training. So say for example, you didn't get this client, um, you didn't get this client, you didn't you weren't you didn't help this individual lose the seven stones what he lost or whatever the figure were, what he lost, that just amount of weight, by the way, which is decent. Um, do you think the level two and the level three gives you the the ability to essentially build yourself a personal training business? Not not one bit. It is, it is very, very, very basic. I say I learned 10% of what I know now, mm-hmm. and a majority of it were forgotten and not really much value to me as a person. And I think that's one thing about level two and level three. When he was listening, he was taking it out. Be prepared to invest further into yourself um, after your level two and level three because it will not take you where you want to be. It is just a stepping stone. It doesn't teach you a whole range of important things. Um, I, I, could do it, I could sit here all day and tell you the stuff that it doesn't do. Mate, but, oh, I, I, bet, 
Yeah. Seriously, the best advice I could give you is be prepared to invest further into your knowledge, education, and your own personal development after you've done your level three qualification because you're going to fucking need it if you want to be successful or even, even get anywhere remotely successful. You need to invest further into yourself, 100%. Man, I can't, I can't, I can't put a number on it, but I can't believe how much to think back and reflect back over the ten years. And when I first originally started, especially, I don't know the number, but there has been a lot of cash left on the tables because of what I didn't know now, what I know now. Do you know what I mean? And I look back and I think, if a personal trainer is starting out, and even if they just got that one bit of advice, that one piece of that gift. Like it would save them thousands, you know, but the willingness to go and reinvest to save the thousands is mindset. Do you know what I mean? It's like mindset. You've got to be willing to go and progress. But anyway, um, you know, hopefully people that are listening will obviously take, take that advice and, you know, move forward a bit. So, mate, so just moving on a little bit. You're obviously a personal, tra- you're obviously a personal trainer. You've been doing it for years in Jets Fitness now. So you've got, a, you've got a boy, right? You've got a young boy, three, four-year-old. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, and you've got a, a a partner. Is it girlfriend? Is it fiance? Is it future wife? No, no, no. Well, you never know, mate. You never know. <laughs> she behaves herself. She might get somewhere, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's exactly what I'd that's exactly what I'd say. I mean <laughs> yeah. So so obviously you you know, you're obviously family orientated as well. I mean, what's that like? Do you know what I mean? As a personal trainer, because personal training is unsociable, right? You know what I mean? It's it's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't, you know, you work the hours that people don't work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your kids are at school and your personal training, the same, you know, you're essentially personal training when they get home and, you know, before they go, you know, as they go to school. I mean, I struggled a lot with balancing taking my kids to school because obviously I was, you know, taking sessions and, you know, I'd never, I didn't eat tea. You know, I didn't eat tea. And for those that are maybe listening from down south, dinner, whatever you want to call it, for, um, for years, mate. So how do you, you know, how do you balance that out? How do you find it? It's a good question, mate. Like, when you first start, you don't realise you're on social hours. Um, as you get more experience, you can start to make it work for you. But at, definitely at the start, yeah, you're going to be waiting three, four hours for each client. You're going to be a bit naive. You're going to have to be prepared to sacrifice. And to be honest with you, what's wrong with that? Because it's an opportunity to be able to create connections in the gym whilst you're waiting for your your, your very small amount of client base at the start. So working around it for me, I always try and make at least a day or two for my family anyway, their priority. Like clients, you know what I mean? Business, yeah, that is very high on my values and 100% is something that I'll, is very important to me. But so is your family. You can't forget about that. You can't you can't forget about the time that's so precious to spend with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Excuse me. So yeah, that that itself, making time for the things that are most important to you, and you will as well. But yeah. mate, I I I 100% agree. I'm very family family oriented. Obviously, I mean, I've got three kids, and you know, I've just been you know over the past decade just trying to run two, you know, one gym, two gyms, keep progressing, and it's just hard to try and create that balance. And now I'm only online, and I made that transition, obviously going into lockdown, just out of not out of lockdowns. Um, what, what you know in terms of what happened to the industry it was based on decision because I weren't enjoying you know being on the gym floor for 10 hours a day you know so essentially like I've got a real good amount of balance now on my time but it's took so 10 years man you know what I mean it's 10 years you yeah, know what I mean it's not it's not a case of like these online coaches who think they can just be an online coach overnight and just become you know overly successful from not doing any work 
you know, do you know what I mean? It's that balance. So I fully, fully relate to that. Um, mate, so we're going a little bit off topic here, but um, I, I believe fitness in general, fitness, looking after yourself, I feel like not just physical element, it's not just six back and abs, it's not just about getting strong. I feel like up here mentally, I feel like this is the key. I feel like for me, if anything, I'd take away the mental progression from it all day long over walking on a beach with abs, 100%. So I want to speak about, obviously, you've already touched on an event that's happened while she was trying to build that professional rugby sort of element of things. And now you've transitioned into personal training. So you've took that negativity and spun, spun it onto a positive. Can you speak about any other events that's happened? Is there anything that you feel like, you know, that's happened to you that's been a massive event in your life and you've just spun it on its head and gone, fuck that, fuck the world. Like, I'm going to do this positive thing out of that negative event. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. I, for five, for five years, I went into a negative um, <clears throat> cycle of, of bad habits between recreational drugs, um, self-pity, um, not trying my hardest at all. And, and, and through them dark, dark times in my life, um, is where I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another one. I, another one I touch upon as well. It was as I was leaving uh, McDonald's, the last job that I actually had um, in terms of what I call a job that I wasn't fulfilled with. This job's complete. But um, one of my friends had, had passed away. Um, he committed suicide. He'd, he'd, he'd thrown himself in front of a train, and that to me. And I'd only seen him a month before, uh, and I grew up with him in school. And that that there were like, wow, like life is not promised whatsoever. Mm. You know, I remember feeling times like potentially what he did before he did what he did, and then what went on after that. And it made me realise that life is very, very precious. And being able to flip the de depression, the negative thoughts and understand that there's people in the gym and outside the gym on the social medias watching you consistently who may be feeling like I did and how my friend did is very important to be able to try and give them some form of hope. Uh, I'm a big believer in trying to find your purpose. As soon as you find your purpose and you've got vision, as soon as you've got vision, then you've got a plan. Once you've got a plan and you know how to stick to it, you're going to go somewhere in life. As soon as you get lost without it, that's when things can kind of get, upside down and that's when them negative thoughts depression anxiety all that sort of stuff and what pe people tend to do is two things when you're depressed when you're going through all these negative things you can either turn to vices whether it's food whether it's drugs whether it's um all different types of negative things you can get involved in or you can flip on it said and turn it on positive and realize you're in a bad spot and you need to get out of it how are you going to get out of it in a positive way do you know what i mean and a lot of lads who will go out and get pissed on a weekend only do it because deep down they're not happy with themselves. I've been one of them. Yeah. I've been one of them 100%. And they do it to mask the pain. But I tell you what, there's always regret on Sunday morning or Monday morning. No one ever tells me when they're rough that they're happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's glorified in, in, in society, especially in the UK, that oh, go out and get, get fuck with your mates, go out and, and have a good time. And everyone's on, you'll sit there on Saturday night on social media and look at everyone having an amazing time on the nights out. But no one ever shows what it's like on Sunday morning when everyone's rough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mate, I, fucking, I love it. Like, I love it. Like, I mean, you know, I'm the same. I mean, I don't drink. I ain't drunk for over a decade. Um, 
fortunately, I never took drugs. I don't, I don't take drugs. I mean, I'll, I won't go too much on, on my story because this isn't about me, it's about you. But um, my, my mum, like, had a stroke when I was 10 due to, like, stress from drugs. Mm. Now, that's a negative event that I spun into a positive, and that's the reason why I don't take drugs, and that's the reason why I've got the mindset that I have now because of that event that occurred happening in my life. And I just feel like this is massive for people. I feel like the people that you surround yourself by and with and do, what audio books you listen to, what information you, you, know, you put into your brain, you become the person who you want to be by consuming the right information. I mean, if you're surrounded by five of your mates that are sniffing lines on the weekend, you're sniffing lines. You know what I mean? At what point do you fucking get out of that cycle? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't be asked with Jim, got no motivation. Well, it's easy yeah. to sniff a line. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know what I mean. It's easy to take easy out. If you are living life right now and you are dreading Monday and looking forward to Friday, it's a red flag. You need to be enjoying every day. There needs to be something every day that gives you purpose in life that you can wake up and be grateful for. And if you're only doing Friday to Saturday and enjoying yourself, and the rest of the week you're not enjoying, then there's a big red flag there in your life. It's something you need to reflect on because you should be able to be productive be um be able to wake up and be grateful and, and work towards something every single day not just the weekend mate i love it like, one of my kids said to me the other day oh i can't wait till friday and i says why he says well because we finished school and that's the that's that straight away is a pattern that society puts you in is yeah. you finish school on a friday and you've got that in your head and i said yeah. well i don't enjoy fridays i enjoy every other day is a Friday to me you know every day is a Friday to me that's the mindset because I love what I do do you know what I mean I love I've got to set my own routines I've set my own patterns I get up in the morning I'm inspired to do what I want to do do you know what I mean I just feel like school in itself brings that thought of can't wait till Friday hate Monday can't wait till Friday do you know what I mean and I feel like it's just designed for that it is mate it is designed mate it carries on in adult life and then you adopt that same mindset yeah. going from life throughout throughout the majority of years if you do not um, find your purpose and don't live to someone else's expectations. In school, you were designed to put your hand up when you need to go to the toilet, ask for things, be be someone who's uh, not, not a sheep, but someone who's got to listen to orders and then following going, going into other jobs, you've got to listen to orders. And if you want to live your life and do that, that's cool. That's not a problem. And you do have to listen to people. But... For me, I've always been listening to people who I respect, not who I'm forced me to listen to. Because I instantly, for me, as my personality type, it gets my back up when I don't agree with someone and someone's telling me what to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Listen, if you're a chef or you're an aspiring chef and Gordon Ramsay's telling you to do something, you're going to fucking do it because you respect him. Yeah. Even if he's giving you shit, you bite your tongue because he's, you respect him and you want to get in that field. You know what I mean? But if there's other people you don't look up to like that, or you have no respect for, and they're being t- you're getting told something to do, uh, and they're doing it in a disres- disrespectful way, then it's kind of hard to follow along with them orders. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you there. find it very difficult to listen to people who I don't have respect for. I'll give you an example. I'll give you one example. Sorry, don't interrupt. If I were on a building site, um, I remember getting at six in the morning in winter and digging sand and throwing it into a cement mixer all day, and I had, I had a, one fellow who just... 
he was one of them, he, he, a mid, middle-aged alcoholic fella, and he'd just be in a bad mood all the time. Do you know what I mean? He'd be very happy on Friday when he knew he'd be going to the pub, but then when it came to Monday or Wednesday, we were one of the most miserable guys on there. And when he used to shout and tell me what to do, I just never had respect for him. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It, same principle applies. Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, so, mate, we're going to go on to uh, a little bit about your coaching background in terms of personal training. So, um I want you to sort of like try and talk to me about the journey of a client that starts with you. Like if you could give me sort of like two or three minutes in regards to I'm a new client, I've come and reached out to you. How do I, you know, what do you do for me? The first thing I do is get to know as a human being. I need to see where you're at in life, identify the habits that bring you down, looking at where in life you're struggling and mapping out the next three or four months on what we're going to do. This doesn't mean it's got to be, uh, people think, oh, we're jumping a gym and we're jumping a, a, an exercise program. The exercise program is one of the last things I think about when someone comes to me. Yeah. I make sure that I've got all the red flags in front of me, asking the right questions and then making sure we get the habits that the, somebody has correct before we jump in. I've got, I've had people who have been heavily stressed out, hardly getting any sleep, um, struggling to, you know, digest the food. And the last thing I'm thinking of doing is putting them on a, on a, on a strength training program. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even if they like it, because if all these factors that I've just previously mentioned aren't sorted out, that training program is not going to work. So yeah. that's, that's the first thing we do is we look where you're at, where your habits are, who you are as a person, what motivates you, what is your why, why are you being driven to do this, why are you sat in this gym in front of me now, you've done years and years of neglecting yourself, whatever it may be, we find out where you're at and then we map out forward where we go from there. Um, so yeah, it's getting it's getting very clear on what the person wants. It's not trying to push my expectations onto that person, yeah. you know. I like to do hypertrophy training and strength training, but if I have a heavily overweight client, you think me trying to get them to do that style of training is going to work for them. It's about what they want, whether you can't push your expectations onto someone. You've got to listen to what they want and give them what they need as well from your own personal and professional advice and, and coaching, I, as we call it. Does, it. does that make sense sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, man. That's good. It's amazing. So once, do you want to give yeah. it Go on, sorry. Once we, once, once we do that, and then I'm constantly assessing every week whether you've been held accountable to the things that we've agreed to you doing. And yeah. if not, if not, it's not from a judgmental point of why haven't you done this. As long as, long as there's honesty from both parties, if someone's generally struggling, then we'll, you work out and you, you try and find the reasons on why a program isn't working or why they are, they are adhering to the things you put in place. Um, and then you, you take it from there. You take it in small steps, mate. It, it's, you've got to think, if you get someone who's had very bad habits for years and years or very negative self-limiting beliefs or very traumatic past, whatever that may be from abuse or whatever, it's very daunting to even walk through a gym, let alone ask for professional help. You think they've got all these things going on and then you're there telling them, overwhelming information it's too much for someone you've got to take it in small small chunks and understand where they're at the key is understanding 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 mate the thing is though as well isn't it like i fully understand exactly what you're saying there it, and the thing is it's it's i find you know like i'm going to a new gym like me i've been a personal trainer for 10 years i've done natural bodybuilding shows i've been shredded you know what i mean i've been out of shape and i'm going to the gym a new gym i'm nervous 
Yeah, exactly. Imagine, imagine if I was overweight with shit confidence, with no, you know, with no right mindset. Imagine that person, how nervous they are. You know, exactly. two women, you know, open the door, uh, buzz the, the buzzer today at Jets, and um, I let them in, and there were just two new women. I just knew straight away. I'm like, congratulations, you've got the balls to come in and sign up. I mean, it's yeah. just a buzz. So like, it's a dog. It's a dog. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's definitely, you know, and especially for a bloke as well, you know, and I mean, women as well, but blokes as well, because you've got this ego attached. And once yeah. upon a time, you might have been good at cross country, or you might have been good yeah. at football at school. You know what I mean? And you're carrying that all the way through your life. I should have, would have, could have, what if? Yeah. You know, you've just got to bite the bullet and just can get on with it. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to just do it. I mean, you've got to go and force yourself to do something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And the, the, the mindset of, of, of a few beginners is, am I being judged? What wife are going to mm. stare at me? You know, I'm going to walk around this gym, you know, for however long and just feel like a complete idiot. I'm going to yeah. feel stupid. I don't, you know, I don't know what any of these machines do. There's big lads over in corner. You know, uh, that is a very daunting thing to be going through. And then if you do not, instantaneously when you first come in contact make that person feel welcome it's yeah. even more of a, um, a factor of a reason not to be there yeah so is, is it, as a personal trainer it's your duty to smile and say hello make someone feel welcome it instantly makes them feel a little bit easier i've been i they like say you, you you book a consultation for someone who's never really been at the gym before as soon as you sit down, you make them feel welcome. You've got to go through the process of getting to know them. And you see, at about 10 or 15 minutes, people start to relax a little bit. Yeah. But if you go in with the, the, the hard to do questions and want to know what training they do, and you know, they're just going to shell up, mate. And it's going to make them not want to come back to the gym because it's going to be a negative experience. So, definitely. Yeah, it's been class, man. So, um, where's Carl Mangan coaching going? Where's it going, mate? Where are you going? Where do you want it to be? Mate, I want to get my results, my reputation to the best possible. I want to get as many quality, high-quality results as I can as a coach and have um, a, a list of referrals for me. That That's the first step for me, is just basically becoming the best coach that I can possibly be. I have a dream of opening my gym one day. Uh, I have dreams of travelling the world. I have... I have multiple dreams, but I take it a separate time. And from now, for me, my main focus, Joy, is just one focus. It's just becoming the best personal trainer and human being that I can be uh, and a role model for my family and my son. Amazing. Amazing, mate. So what we're going to finish with, um, what we're going to finish with, we're going to finish with a quick fire, fire round questions. So essentially, I want you to answer these in short bursts. So try and keep it under like 15 to 30 seconds. Um, so they just... They're a mixture of questions. So we'll just go with, with the flow. And if it goes over 30 seconds, and obviously, you know, no harm, no harm done. So, mate, so number one, you've got one exercise to choose from for the rest of your life. What is it? Burpees. Really? Oh, that's fucking mad. <laughs> Depends. I'm in a gym. I'm in a, I'm in a prison. I'm in a, I don't know, like one yeah. exercise. Yeah. Full body weighted burpees. You're going for weighted burpees, weighted burpees mate. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you're 100 resilient, won't you? For the rest of your life, your mindset, if you're choosing burpees, mate. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like deadlifts or something like that, but no, no, no burpees. Mate. <laughs> right, mate. So uh, number two, a person is desperate to get in shape. Right, they're desperate to get in shape. 
you've got one thing that you can give them, just one. They can only do one thing. What is it? Align your habits. Align your habits, I man. Yeah, it sets up a lot of momentum, doesn't it? Get your, habit, get your fucking habits right. Get your habits right. Don't, yeah, 100%. Can you give, can you give anyone listening um, a bit of a strategy of if they're struggling to get the habits aligned, where, would, where can they start? Where can, where can they simply make it so simple and complex? How do they start with, like, a, a change of habit structure? Well, there's, we, we live in an area where you can literally go on your smartphone, computer, which I'm sure 99% of the population have, and start researching a personal development and, and positive habit and mindset. There's plenty of coaches out there. YouTube is a great, great source of free information. And there's plenty of coaches out there who can send you positive information of how to live and uh, have a better lifestyle by changing your habits. So, yeah, free content from YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Seek and you shall find and you'll find it. Cool, mate, cool. Um, so I want you to give that same one piece of advice for an aspiring personal trainer, one thing. What would you say to them, one thing, if a personal trainer came up to you and said, look, Kyle, I want to change my job. I want to be able to build a career out of personal training. What's the one thing that you'd say to them? Why is the first question. But yeah. what I'd say to them is, yeah, fucking hell. It'd be the most. It's going to be the most fulfilling thing. But prepare to put in the hard work and understand that this is a, a journey of. This is a start of a massive personal development journey that you're going to go through through the tough and the easy times uh, and make the most of it. Enjoy it and it affects as many people as you can positively. Oh. Oh, oh, Twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah, twenty-eight. Uh, so, mate, you've got g- the gym, um, yeah. training in the gym for physical progress the way that you look on the outside or mental progress you can only pick one mental mental progress can you give me a reason can you give me the main reason why because because aesthetics and looking good all it takes you so far is very shallow like you've got to take in more factors than that mental well-being and health pain-free movement um what else digestion sleeping better feeling good about yourself feeling confident you know, positivity, all these type of things, a, a six-pack abs or a big bum or a nice face will never, ever um, align with, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah metal 100%. Cool. Favourite dirty food? There's a place in Leeds called Almost Famous and they do, like, these, these like, chicken burgers. So, and they do, like, yeah. dirty burgers. Chicken I'm burgers. The banging mate, honestly, they are they're hundred percent. They're very high protein, but obviously it's not the cleanest food in the world. But almost famous leads. That's probably the best burger I've had so far. Mate, I'm going there. I'm going. I'm going to go there Friday. Almost famous. Yeah. Do it. It's, I can't remember the burger's name, but it's like twelve pound fifty. It's the most expensive burger there. It's, it's <laughs> I'm going to smash it, mate. It's smash unreal, it. mate. I'll get to that. That's that's quality. Um. So you sat here in ten years' time. You're having a conversation with me. Um. I'll be 40 then. I'll be 40, nearly 41 in 10 years' time. What, nice. would, what, would have, yeah, what would have happened for you to be the most fulfilled person? That's a, that's a very good question. What would have happened for me to be the most fulfilled person? I would have had to, number one, be in line with my values and who I am as I, who I am as a person. So the values that I have, I'm sticking to them and I'm making the most out of life and being happy. Like, even Mm. though it's quite a comical thing to say, but 
being yeah. happy where I am, the money, the the all all that superficial stuff can only take it so far. Yeah. And uh, just just to affect as many people as I can positively, and it'll always come back to you in a positive way. So in ten years time, that's that's the most I can ask for, mate. Yeah, it's class. Quality. It's, not, it's a difficult question to sort of answer in it because you sort of put on the spot by it as well. But mate, it's a good question. I mean, I already I already know. I I already know. I already know. Like what what's it going to take for ten years to be fully fulfilled? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because so, I, I spent five years. Sorry, man. I spent no, five no, years. Okay. I spent five years being unfulfilled, and I know how that feels. So I don't ever want to go back to that. Yeah, that's another positive spinning it on a negative sort of situation as well, and you know. So, man, that's class. So, um, so last one for last one for me. Unless you've got anything to add, um, where can people find you? Where can people find you? How do they work with you? Where do they see you? How do they look at you? And you know, how do they listen to you? Best best place to find me is on Instagram, which is Carl Manga Coaching. I am currently, as this podcast is being played, training uh, people out of Jets Gym Skipton. Um, I will have my own website running up, which will be Carl Manga Coaching again on Google. Um, yeah, that, that's best, basically where to find me. Mate, quality. Is anything like you'd like to add, like the listeners here before before we um, end the recording, mate? Because it's been quite a good one. I, I quite feel really enjoyed this one. If, if anyone's struggling out there, listen, you, like you're feeling negative or your life ain't going the way you want it to go, you need to find your purpose, whatever that may be. And if you're struggling to find it, try new things until you find it. If you're stuck, you're depressing, you're down, you need to try new things. Okay, it doesn't mean you've got to go out and talk to everyone, but you need to try new things. We're in, we're in an era now where we have a lot of information at our fingertips and it can be perceived as positive and negative but it can help you massively if you want it to. Um, positive actions lead to positive results. Negative actions will never, ever lead to a positive result. So that's my best advice to all of you. That's it, mate. I love it. Love it.